typical. I know. Every single episode is like, are we on yet? Are we started? Should we do this episode differently, though? Because it is kind of special. It's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to stay on topic to start? There is no topic. Well, I think there's a big topic. Dun, so, dun, dun. It's only taken roll. 10 years to get there. It hasn't been 10 years. Right. It's been like half that. Yeah. yeah. Five years? 2015 was the first episode. June of 2015. So how, how old does that make us? It 75 years old. 75 in dog years. <laughs> <laughs> Almost dead. <laughs> well, do you want to let the people in on this special occasion? Well, they know. They clicked on the episode that says 100 episode. <laughs> Would they know that, though? If they read They're it. all numbered. But if we say 101... It's actually farther than 100 because if you number them, there are a couple like random episodes that we didn't count in there, yeah. like bonus episodes. Oh, yeah, we don't count bonus episodes. That's just that. Well, you know the, what that is? That's but just, the podcast things count them as like a number, but I don't number them. Oh. This is the officially numbered 100th episode. Oh, so the 100th episode. Who would have thunk it? Parababel is 100 episodes old. Ooh, I feel 200. Oh, we were so spunky back in the day. Yeah, we had energy. Yeah, we were, now we've just gotten old. Now we're, just, now we're like, we do this show. We don't even name the show anymore. I already said it was Parababble. Did we? I just did. Okay. It said it was our 100th yeah. episode of Parababble. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. No, you're doing fine. I just keep looking at the map on the wall so I remember what show we're on. It says Parababble 100. It's got a picture of the United States. That's right, because now we're going to start the serious research. A <laughs> hundred episodes later, yeah. we're going to get busy. We were just getting warmed up at, yeah. for 99 episodes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So what we're going to do is we're going to remaster our first 99. <laughs> we're going to go over them again. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to add information to them. With all that we know now. Those first 75 or so without the uh, microphones. Well, I do have to say, I mean, without getting too sentimental, I think it's um, a pretty big accomplishment that the three of us have stuck together through 100 episodes. This is true. Yeah. This is true. Through a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. A lot of misses, a lot of hits. Yep. It's big tough. life events. Yep. Pandemics. Yep. I think we've done it all. We've had sloshy drinking episodes. Yep. Leprechaun, leprechaun. Leprechaun, leprechaun. The studios moved. Several times. Several yeah. times. Yeah. Wow. It's just like prone. It's still there. It's an evolution. It's evolution. So, what are we going to surprise everybody with today? I don't know, Jeff. What are we going to surprise uh, everybody with? <laughs> Rob, do you have any questions about anything? Um, yeah, what are we doing, Allison? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, it's funny it's... because I was listening to old episodes and we used to be so much more on top of things. We were like, this is who we are. This is what we do. And we're not hip anymore. No, now we're just like, if you don't know by now. Now it's like, you know, we don't promote it on Facebook or anything anymore. If you're listening, you've already been listening. It's like an old... For some reason. It's like and, an <laughs> old girlfriend or boyfriend. Now that you've gotten past the fun stage, it's just like, eh. Yeah, what I do tonight? Nothing. Wow, this makes me want to do another 100 episodes with you guys. <laughs> I know. So exciting. <laughs> this is effortless. But this, this would be a good episode for people to, to like... Jump in and start listening because we're going to look back at some of our favorite things that we did. Yes, our favorite times. I, I yes, there are some. We had 99 episodes to choose from. So, about the Mothman. Of course. No, I'm kidding. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm not. You might as well. 
That's you might not, as well. That's not. No, I can't start. We can't start with that. We can't because that'll be the entire two-hour block yeah. of what we're going to talk remember about. Remember the, oh, the yeah. last time that happened, and you guys were like, "Start with the Mothman." I think we fell asleep. Three episodes later, you kept talking. And my head was up against the, the wall. Allison was laying back on the chair, snoring, and yeah. Every single time you say it, just the Mothman song always gets stuck in my head. Then. Mothman. Yep. Do we have that? No. He okay. flies around. And we got some funny clips, but those have been out there too. We're gonna play some later, maybe. Mothman. We're not gonna play it, Rob. Okay, so we're starting out just like we did on our first episode. No, we were way more organized on our first episode. Were we? I think we were nervous. Remember, we were recording it, and then we had to stop halfway through, and we re-recorded it because we were like, "This is terrible." Yeah. Now we don't care. We just keep going. Yeah. I think we found our 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 niche, so to speak. It's just not giving. But terrible podcasts. Well, we've got, you know what, uh, okay. This is the worst podcast I've ever heard in my life. True, but listen, it's a piece of art. We are our harshest critics. It's a piece of art. It took are we? 100 episodes to get to this lassadaisic kind of whatever attitude. That's yeah. awkward. Because when we first started out, we were excited and we were carrying over from the... Um, uh, TRS. TRS. The Research Society. Right, we used to get together and sit around and talk a couple topics and then we just kind of took it to the airwaves and with our support fans out there we've reached 100 we get so much fan mail i can't even keep Mm -hmm. up with it so many questions and you know people wanting to talk about what their favorite episodes were well i think with us promoting the uh 100th episode we got a couple fan mails in along the way at parabablepodcast at gmail.com is where you could send it absolutely there it is there it is. That, we haven't done that in a long time. Mm-hmm. That feels like it's new. Yeah. Okay. I think we're all done being like off topic. There is no topic. Yeah, we've been on topic this whole time. Oh, it must have been me. Been talking about our hundredth episode. Okay. <clears throat> and our favorite moments over the last seven years of Parababble. It only like, took seven years to get a hundred episodes. Do we want to do another five episodes and call it a career? We're going to do five hundred <laughs> more episodes. Oh my! I'll be at the senior home. Right. I'll be I'll be telephoning that'll, that one in. That'll be the new studio. <laughs> Go get Allison. <laughs> You're still young enough, Rob. You can be like the orderly, just pushing us to the room. No, I don't know about that. I'm I'm thinking so. You're the youngest here. Yeah. We'll see. The, yeah, he's he's gonna be it. But anyhow, so we're gonna go over all this. What we liked and what we disliked, which was none. I didn't like. There's none. been some episodes I'm not a huge fan of, but. Well, I think that's. I think that goes with the territory. There's going to be episodes that um, you don't feel it, even though it's an episode and it's something to talk about. It's just like eh. And you know, I was reading one of the uh, emails earlier, and that was one of the questions they asked. Um, knowing you know how we all do this, and we all have our forte. What, the question kind of came up as, what would be, like, your weak source? Like, if you had to do a topic that you weren't very familiar with, and um, what would it be? UFOs and men in black. I knew you were going to say that. Every time we do topics about that stuff, it's like... You feel like like you're out in left field? Yeah, I got to, like, because I feel like... For people that follow that stuff, mm-hmm. like there's rabbit hole upon rabbit hole upon rabbit oh, hole. Oh, there's black holes everywhere. Yeah. With that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't 
have enough knowledge about a lot of those different kinds of things. Follow it, you're falling. It's hard. It's hard to like speak intelligently about it. So I struggle with that for sure. I struggle with, I don't don't know if you what you struggle with, Rob, but I definitely know when this question came in, I knew what I struggled with immediately. It's more of the spiritual end of things. Me too. That's exactly what I was going to say. You know, where is you're well versed in it, Allison, and you can just, and I'm like, you know, just kind of trying to stay above water. You're like, well, the spirit realm of this and that, and then, you know, you do that. Yeah, that's, (laughs) yeah. But you put me on Skinwalker Ranch. I'm going to write a book. Because, uh, you know, I, I, it's a, it was a good question because, you know, we all come in prepared or try to do what we can. Yeah. And I think we all learn something from each other. But at, at times it's just like you sometimes you feel like you're out of your element a little so bit. So let me ask you guys this question. In all the episodes we've done, has there been any topic that you didn't think you were going to be like, oh, wow, this is like not something I really want to have to research and talk about, but ended up being something that you thought was really, really cool? No. <laughs> so I don't um, know. I need a list of the episodes to look at them all. I was going to say, <clears throat> I'll say black-eyed, black-eyed children. Mm. Like I, you didn't really think there was going to be much to that? Yeah, that was the discussion mm-hmm. then, the beginning of that, before that show started. I was like, okay, you know, there's this, this, and this, and there's not a whole lot out there. But once you really got going with it, then you started to see, oh, wow, okay, well, is that, okay, this is going on. And then as we all started to chime in, it, it episodes became bigger than what you thought they yeah. might be. Because I think anything that's related directly to the paranormal, we always all have an interest in. If it's like ghost, poltergeist, mm-hmm. you know, possession, exorcism, like anything that has to do with like actual paranormal stuff. We're okay. We're always like right in the mix of it. It's those other kinds of like weird things that you're just like, I don't know how this is gonna go. Mm-hmm. But weird rituals from around the world. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, uh, I think for me it was like the Vatican conspiracy theories. Like when we first started talking about that, one. I was like, well, how this is like what, really we're gonna do an episode on this? But then it turned out to be like really cool, and there was yep. a lot of stuff about it. Yep. And you were like, whoa! You kind of walked away from it different you know that's, that's one of our most popular episodes of all the vatican time. yep yeah that that was one where there was a lot of information but it was kind of like where do you go and then it's like okay because a lot of times we could sit around and figure out you know the length of an episode by what we have and then there's you know episodes that never made it to air and we're like oh there's not enough information on it and then we go and research it and all of a sudden oh crap we got a bunch here let's let's bring this back around and then it ends up being a really good one yeah i always wonder too some of the topics that we have like where the hell did we come up with this idea to talk about and why did we decide that this would be a good idea to talk about this episode like stuff made of human skin because that's interesting right <laughs> and well because ed gein started that whole discussion right. well, that's such a weird yeah but like that was what started it we were like i remember this we were having a conversation one night about like serial killers in general and it was not an episode but we something came up about Mm -hmm. ed gein and how he used to make everything out of human skin and then we had a bigger discussion about other things that we had heard were made out of human skin and then it was like we should do an episode on this on things made out of skin there's a lot of it stuff that washes up on shore (laughs) right I mean, but there's always a rabbit hole. You can always find, well, we can always find a hole to go down into and and not come out the other side. Things that you didn't think would be anything. I'd say I'd struggle with 
like a lot of the religious ones too, like uh, episode fifty-seven, strange religious practices. When I see that, I'm like, all of them. So <laughs> I don't know. All of them. <laughs> well, there's a couple times I thought I was going to get hit by lightning at the end of shows. We were going off on certain iconic religious figures, and we thought it was funny. But I'm going driving home thinking, man. <laughs> Oh, like how our episode 102 is going to be about whether or not Jesus was actually a zombie? Sounds good to me. Because you know he did die. Right. And he was then he dead comes for back. three days and then came back. Oh. So oh. have people just been worshipping a zombie? <laughs> oh, there, there's a little preview. For thousands of years? What kind of zombie are we talking about? Oh, this can go down. That's what I'm saying. Right? You heard it first. <laughs> Doesn't take much for us. Jesus. <laughs> Is a zombie. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah. Prove me wrong. You got your little table set up. I, I have some episodes that I didn't think were going to be good, but I loved. What? The Taos Hum. Oh, yeah. That was yeah. a cool episode. And the Kelly Hopkins alien goblin encounter. <laughs> yeah, that one we had fun with. We kind of went off the deep end. Yeah. We could go down to the reunion. They do every year. <clears throat> they do a reunion? They, they get together where the house was and the property and they celebrate it. And they have, like, this big parade, and they do this big festival. It looks pretty interesting. I want to go to the Mothman Festival. I know. We've been saying that for years. Oh, we've been saying we want to go to Bridgewater, too. I, it, I wrote that down because that was one of the episodes Bridgewater. that I went back and listened to, and the whole entire time, all we're doing is talking about how we need to go there. Right. We always say that. We're just lazy. And that was in 2017. Yeah. We're always like, we're going to go here, we're going to do this, and we never have. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard. You know, Bridgewater is not like a little isolated one place. It's 200 square miles. And you really got to know what you're looking for yeah. and what you want. You can't just go plunk a tent down somewhere and looking be like, for puck wedgies. this you is could. what I'm here for. Oh, the puck wedgies. Don't just take the tents. They need resources out there. Well, since we're talking about Bridgewater, should we just get into... You want to get into one of, the t- one, of the, one of the favorite episodes, Bridgewater? Let's do it. All right. Well, before we can actually talk about it, we need to find... Wasn't it a tiny town? We need to find your explanation. Oh, crap. I just had all this open. For what it is. Because I don't know if anybody has really actually taken the time to read the descriptions of the episodes, but (laughs) Rob is our resident writer for all of those, and... It's probably one of my favorite parts of doing the show, is when the episode goes up, I can't wait to read what it says. Usually those come about because, like, we'll record the episode, and then by the time I'm ready to, like, post it or schedule it to post, it'll be, like, a week or two later, and I won't remember what we talked about. Sometimes I don't even remember what the topics were. I have to, to, like, start listening again. I'm like, wait a minute, what was this? You have to cleanse yourself from the episode. Yeah, I just go in and I just wing it, and I'm like, what was this about? You just wing it? Yeah. But they're pretty funny. And sometimes the descriptions aren't even close to what we were talking about, but yeah. it is actually what we're doing in a roundabout way. <clears throat> we're definitely um, ADHD um, material here. You think? So, oh, yes. We can go bipolar, too, on it. Let's see. Bridgewater Triangle. No, we just take that straight from the show. What right? do ghosts, UFOs, aliens, Bigfoot, Thunderbirds, giant serpents... Satanic cults, werewolves, furry elemental creatures, and phantom panthers have in common? Yeah. Um, I'll take that for 500. They have water. If you said they aren't real, you've obviously never (laughs) been to the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts where they all live. Because they are all real, of course. The team does research on one of the most bizarre locations in the world. 
Allison wants to take a trip there. Rob does something that will inevitably get him into major trouble with the puck wedgie population. Oh, I'm going to tell you what it is because I, I, it's funny. Also, Jeff opens up the Parababble mailbag. Woohoo. So this was one of the first episodes. It was from April 27th of 2016 is when it, it went out. Um, and for people that don't know, the Bridgewater Triangle is an area in southern Massachusetts, 200 square feet. It actually encompasses 17 small little towns, and it goes across two counties. Uh, and it does have everything. It's like its own little mini Skinwalker Ranch. It's like a zoo. Yep. Just put a big fence around it and let people go in there, charge them money. It's got everything. It's... um. Around the 1700s is the earliest documentation that anything bizarre was going on there. Uh, there's a whole uh, idea that the area was cursed because there was a pretty bad battle that took place there where um, the execution of King Philip happened. You guys probably don't remember this because you haven't heard the episode in years. Mm-mm. But well, we he was. Uh, we talk a lot about how he was beheaded and... Because he committed such atrocity, atrocities, they did not want to bury him. So they left his body outside on top of a hill. They cut off his head, sold it for 30 shillings to Plymouth, and they put it on a stake in front of the fort there for 25 years. So 25 years? Yeah. That one got by me. So there was a lot of like pretty dark history to it. Um, the indigenous people there have always said that there's paranormal activity taking place there, uh, like Indian burial grounds, um, strange rock formations that have triangles that you could like sit into in them, all scattered through the area. All these really crazy things. So the episode is really good if you haven't listened to it. Uh, Bridgewater is definitely a place that probably could warrant more conversation. And you know, we did the episode back in 2017, but I was looking at stuff today that was more updated, you know, 2019. So it's still currently moving around yep. out there and doing stuff. Things are still happening. Um, but my favorite part of the episode is when Rob brought up the puck wedgies. I don't remember. So let me let me see if this jogs your memory. memory. Are you ready? I think. There's going to be a rally. E. Wan Chu. Oh, I remember this. Kier Kier. <laughs> Kier Kier. I want you, Kier Kier. I want you, Kier Kier. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That's how they used to lure people into the woods. Yeah. Because we pe- want you. We want you. Come here. Come, come here. here. <laughs> the fuck wedgies. I want you, Kier Kier. And us silly humans. Yeah, we, we follow went. them in because they're cute and little and then, and then they, they turn around and kill us. They, they take your ankles out. Because um, they're little critters, right? Yep. So FX was developing a movie about this in 2019. Seriously? Yep. And really? Yep. And I don't think that production actually started because of COVID, but there was some information on IMBD about it and some other things that they were looking to do some kind of series or movie about Bridgewater and, like, something going on there. Uh, the best part of that episode, if you haven't listened to it, is when Rob talks about his own encounter with the Puck Wedgie. Um, do you remember this? I have no memory of this. So, towards the end of the episode, um, Rob actually tells you about the encounter that he had, uh, which involved a forest 
and a moon in Endor. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> so I don't want to say too much about it in case somebody wants to go back and listen to that episode, but it was pretty ingenious because you kind of had Jeff and I on the seat on our, the edge of our seats for yeah, we kinda, about 30 we, seconds. We paid for admission on that one. Yep, we did. <laughs> until, we, until we finally caught on. But it did make for an interesting conversation about what would happen if a Wookiee mated with a puck wedgie. And would we call it a pudge Wookiee? Pudge Wookiee. So, of course, you know. that's what we talked about. Of course. <laughs> we didn't talk any facts. We just Ewan made up our own. Ewan Chu, Kier Kier. Ewan Chu, Kier Kier, Chewy. The Kier Kier makes it sound so endearing, though. Kier Kier. Ewan Chu, Kier Kier. Ewan Chu, Kier Kier. And we walk in there aimlessly. I want to learn how to speak puck wedgie. And then we were like, oh, look at that. You're so cute and fuzzy. You know, when we did that episode, and that's like, Probably one of the first times I've ever heard of puck wedgies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the horror movie genres, puck wedgies are pretty well known. I never knew what they were. Yeah, and they they have them in certain movies and stuff like that. And I'm like a puck wedge. Oh, I've never heard. Oh, wait a minute. I'm like, like these things are real. The troll movies or something? trolls or something. Yeah, yeah. There's references to puck wedgies in certain horror movies, and they're usually the really far out campy ones that are just like. You know, no rhyme or reason, kind of like that episode when we got that far. Well, there's always a rhyme and reason. Yeah, we got hung up a lot during that episode about the Thunderbirds, you mm-hmm. know, that had like an 8 to 18 foot wingspan. Um, not to be mistaken with the Thundercats, which we also did talk about in the episode. Or a sand crane? Um, <laughs> how did you get a recording of a puck wedgie? I interviewed him for the episode. Oh, you went back and found him? There'll be subtitles on this. This is what he looks like. Yep. It pretty much, pretty much looks like a puck wedgie. Oh, there's more than one. <laughs> Several. That's why they call them puck wedgie plural. Well, that was your story. I mean, he lured you into the woods and then mm-hmm. trouble ensued from there. I mean, and we did drift. We did drift on this topic, but in all seriousness, that topic has a lot of, there's a lot of meat to it. And like you said, it's comparable to Skin Ranch because it has so many different dynamics going on in this area. Yep. Which. Unknown lights, which is very yep. similar to the blue and orange meme, meme, meanies. Meanies. Um, you know, big dogs, big black dogs. Bigfoot. Wolf things. You know, there was a lot of the same kind of stuff. And it's interesting because a lot of times when we talk about, you know, Marley Woods or Bridgewater or Skinwalker or, you know, stuff like that. It's like these places that exist that, you know, you could basically walk across and not know you're walking across it. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no markers out there that says, like, this is the bridge, the bridge triangle. This is where we are. Like, this is Bridgewater. Right. Like... Here's the farthest point. You exactly. started. You are here. Exactly. That's, that's what I did on some of my research on from our map here. Because I thought it was funny how we kept like doing these topics. Yeah. And there was like so many like reoccurring themes with all these places. And it's it's just funny how like places like that seem to exist. So I threw them all on a map there. You know, so Bridgewater was one of them. I think the first one we did was Skinwalker Ranch in Utah. I know Jeff, you're gonna talk about that one. And then the Big Thicket in Texas. The Big one. Thicket. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, with all the ghost lights and everything. And uh, hang on, let me see, I have notes here as to what, what they had here. Didn't we have some with frogs too? The Loveland oh, frog. frogs. The Loveland frogs. That was down in Texas, right? That was just a big ass frog. I think that was Ohio, wasn't it? Or Ohio. That was just yeah. That was just. That a, was a three three foot four foot tall mm-hmm. frog. Yeah, it was three foot four foot tall frog with like a magic wand or some some shit like that. Yeah, it walked around on its back legs. Yeah, they didn't have any ghost lights or giant. <laughs> just said a yeah, big so they didn't frog. qualify. Yeah, they didn't. I didn't put them in the map. We should start that. a crypto map though too. Oh, there you go. Okay, now I got something else to do. <laughs> so yeah, we got the big thicket. Bridgewater Triangle, Skinwalker Ranch, Marley Woods, which we have to give a shout out to the person that lives in Marley Woods that wrote to us. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, we, we want to come. We, we will now come. that COVID's over, we want to come. Even though we, we kind of downed on Marley Woods on the episode, like... Well, you got to understand we're that. Always, we want to see some stuff. We well, yeah, see, we but we're definitely going to take the hard edge first, and you're going to have to show mm-hmm. us differently. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole existence of well, paranormal. And if you remember, like, the research for that episode, there was so much contradictory stuff. People saying it's not true. Other people saying it's 100% true. People wanting to go in and try to prove that it's true. People saying you're not allowed. And it's like... Benefit of the doubt, I guess you could... Like, in this person's case, they don't want people tramping around on their property. Like, why wouldn't some of them say, oh, it's not true to keep people away or from looking further? But then you can't get mad when people don't believe you. Right. That's true. (laughs) You can't be like, well, it's definitely yeah, true. You don't know what you're talking about. True. I mean, you know, I think we always have to look at everything like so we're you, skeptical. UFO landing on the roof of the Parabellum Well, you know, they are here now. Mm-hmm. That's what the news says. It was kind of low. So also on the map, we have two places that we haven't covered yet. Come on down. We need to. The Superstition Mountains in Arizona. Ooh, Ooh. where in Arizona? Because I'm going there next year. Tonto Basin, Arizona. I want to go. You'd be right next to Skinwalker. Superstition Mountains. Okay. Also in Arizona. I don't know why they get all the cool places. Sedona. Yeah. Yep. That's where I'm going to stay. There you go. I have a friend out in Sedona. Yeah, they got a lot of, like, energy vortexes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that there. Mm Mm-hmm. Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Yeah, we know why you want to go there. <laughs> and then... Mothman! Going across the ocean... Oh, yeah. To England, we have... To the big pond. Canock Chase, England, UK. What is that? Can you spell it? Uh, C-A-N-N-O-C-K space. Chase. Uh, Rob, you paid the bill for the landscaper today, I see? Uh, yeah. Okay. Canuck space. Canuck. Or Canuck. Okay. Depending Canuck. on, you know, whether you're Canadian or not. Yeah. Well, that's good that we have some places that are new that we can look at. I mean, I'm sure there's some more if we really start digging into this. Like, because didn't we do one that was just forests in, like, the United States? People missing from, like, national yeah, parks and stuff? That's like a, yeah, that's like a phenomenon. Missing. In forests. Anywhere. Sometimes paranormal, sometimes not. So, Bridgewater, we said, is kind of like Skinwalker. You went mm-hmm. back and looked at that. Well, that was one of your favorite episodes. With Skinwalker? Uh-huh. Wow, wow the look I'm getting. Like, right? I just got, like, foo-foo. Like, I don't think Rob and I got a word in edgewise, except when we tried to laugh about the, <clears throat> the dogs and smoking. The smoking dogs? Yeah. Well, I remember that episode was supposed to be something else. 
It was supposed to be like we came to the table with something. We each came with something. Well, should we read what the description of yeah, that one says? Yeah, because time, because that happens often, where some, one of us will start talking about something. And we sometimes and, just and roll on And the episode gets taken over. Like, I've done it with Mothman at least three times so far. Mm-hmm. And I know some of them, like, going back through and checking them, like, some of them were super cool. And I don't know why we don't go back and revisit some of those topics. Some, some we have. And others we've just let fall under the table i mean you know the watcher was like a really cool creepy episode Mm -hmm. with the letters none of us picked that one yeah we breezed right by it like it never even existed Mm -hmm. it doesn't well if we had one more person on the team we could have you know given them a couple so skinwalker was like episode four you think right it was like it seems like it was like just like the other day we did that but it's, Skinwalker always comes up in conversations. It was episode four. October wow. 14th, 2015. Wow. So, oh yeah, here we go. Jeff hijacks the episode to tell the tale of Skinwalker <laughs> Ranch. There's ghosts, werewolves, direwolves, Bigfoot, alien, UFOs, smoking dogs, orbs to another dimension and more. It doesn't get much crazier than this. You were really going to have to jump off that whole smoking dog incident. I don't, I don't know. I thought about this more. I've had more, since 2015, I've had a lot more conversations about this place and looked at more information on it. Um, so for people that might not know, can you just give a brief description of what the deal is with it? Um, well, they say it's cursed land. There was two different types of tribes back uh, way back when. They got into a fight over the property or area, and the land became cursed where they were at. <clears throat> and then it turned into a farmland. It runs... Um, it's a, it's on the side of a mountain. Utney, Utney is that how they say it? Base baseline, and they've had a lot of they had a couple families move in there, and it's farmland basically, cattle stuff like that, and all this weird stuff happened. But the <clears throat> one of the couples that lived there, um, when it actually became, yeah, uh, you know, people put a put an eyebrow to it because they started coming forward all these crazy stories. Um, you know, like you said, you got Bigfoots, coyotes, you have, um... Wait, why is a coyote paranormal? Why is it? You said a coyote. Oh, did I? I'm sorry, because I was talking about coyotes today at work, because we have a den of them underneath one of the buildings. But anyhow, that's a whole other story. Oh, you know how to get rid of those? I'll tell you later. <laughs> the chloroform or my... Tr- I, um... No. You run at a coyote and you tell it to go away, coyote. <laughs> a thing it is it is a thing yeah it's a thing it's a th- it's Come it's on. like a proven way to get rid of coyotes run away get out of here you have to uh, you have to say run away coyote so it knows that you're speaking to that coyote all right feel the chain getting pulled here <laughs> <laughs> we need video camera on this is it just one main family that's lived at skinwalker uh, there's Ranch? been a couple there's been a couple families but the um the last family that was there actually um, reached out for help, and that's when a, um, a multi-billionaire, millionaire reached out. Um, Robert Bigelow bought the property, came in, <clears throat> and set up cameras. He put a team together. They put cameras, trip wires, anything you can think of, video, to watch this property. And they retrieved a lot of information on this it hasn't been released he has no intentions of releasing this he's done sold this property out it's no longer bigelow's like all right i did what i had to do here move on there's nobody currently living there 
which is, you know, I guess good. But the things out there that were happening were, uh, you know, you have UFOs. You had these, these, these blue meanies or yellow meanies, red meanies that would appear at the windows. Um, the family was scared to do anything on that property. Um, cow mutilations. Uh, you name <laughs> Wasn't there like men in black that showed up there? And yep, they were following people around and yeah, um, wearing wearing human suits. Wearing human skin suits. Uh, Is that why it's called Skinwalker? Does it have to do with like aliens mostly? No, I believe it has to do with the custom of um, something with the Indians. The Skinwalker. Mm. They can change to, oh, like to a match, shapeshifter. like a shapeshifter, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> they had a reporter out there, George Knapp, who verified all of this, and Com Com Keller, if I'm saying his name right. He uh, th- those two guys put together a book on all the experiences out there, which is just called Skinwalker Ranch out there, and it's it's incredible. Um, I mean, we all got a kick out of you know they're driving around the hill and they came up with their headlights on and they saw you know two dogs in trench coats having a cigarette on the property, which. Yeah. I mean, if you're seeing that kind of shit, it's got to be either funny right, or you're just overtired. Well, I think I re- what I remember most about this episode is that, you know, supposedly there's all this evidence, but nobody's been allowed to see any of it. Right. Why? Right. Like there's only two ways this can go. Mm-hmm. There is not enough out there or they have so much stuff that they're just going to sit on it because maybe, you know, in the case of aliens or ufos were not ready for you know these bigger truths because if you really look at this this is all about skepticism then it's one person and a team versus you know a family that lived there and said no this is happening or this is happening um they've they've come back <clears throat> families left to go grocery shop and come back and the cattle are all arranged in the um corral a certain way they are all moved out and rearranged so to do that i guess it was impossible and they were only gone for like 15 20 minutes or something something crazy like that uh bigfoots they pop up you know they'll be out in the field and all of a sudden they get this this horrid smell they turn around and you know there's a bigfoot there but then it disappears they follow the tracks and it just disappears where you know i portal jumping Portal jumping, like puddle jumping, but portal jumping. And that's where a lot of, I think, a lot of theories today about, like, these animals and creatures and cryptos that we can't find are moving through dimensions. I mean, it makes a really good case because no one's caught any of these things. But this whole ranch is just a huge phenomenon. They had um, sounds coming from the underground that sounded like massive military tankers and trucks from underneath that were vibrating the ground, and it just was so loud that they were bound to determine that it was military doing all this stuff um, to no avail, nothing. UFOs coming, going. Uh, like I said, you got your blue meanies and different things like that that come up. And they're just orange spheres, but what they're doing, it, from what the family was saying, it was instilling such a fear. It was an emotional push against you know the families that they... They just come to a point where they had to get out of there. They were losing cattle because of the mutilations. They were losing money, and that's their livelihood. But Skinwalker Ranch is a very, <clears throat> it's just a very unique in its own right, almost like Bridgewater. I don't think it's as, I think it's a little harsher than Bridgewater, but. 
well, it's comparable. That now you're you're no you're rehashing a lot of this, and my memory's coming back about some of it. But what you just said about the land being cursed, I mean, they say the same thing about Bridgewater. They say the same thing about Point Pleasant. That something happened that cursed that land. It's usually that's... some type of war or disagreement, mm-hmm. and then they they turn around and for whatever they do with their belief system and whether they they curse the land to be X amount this way forever. Right. If you come through here, all these things are going to happen. And that's basically just saying, stay away. Right. Um, personally, I don't believe in it, but hey, uh, the curses and stuff like that. I think it's if it's happening, it's happening for other reasons, higher powers. But yeah, Skinwalker's always been a, uh, it's always been on the top of my list for about eh, about the last 10, 10 or 12 years. And it doesn't bother you that there's not anything out there about like actually being able to see any evidence like you're just a believer based on being a believer so what's the point what's the point of doing all that with skinwalker ranch and creating this whole you know perfect storm sort of speak where you can get everything out there there you have prehistoric animals that haven't existed in thousands of years roaming this land like the dire wolf i believe yeah you know, they, they they were out there running around. Those things haven't been seen for, like, thousands of years. So what what would be your point of trying to fire up that wagon and say, hey, because all you're going to do is draw attention to it. And like, People are going to try coming in. It's like some of the claims, it's like, why are you going this far then? It's like the smoking docks, you know? Right. I mean, and that's the opposite the end of that spectrum. You're going to the point where, okay, there's two dogs hanging out just having a cigarette, and you turn the corner on these fields, and then your headlights are on them, and you're like, oh, shit, what's the, what? What's what's that point? So there's got to be something going on. Just like your Bridgewater or your um, Pleasant. There's something that's happening that we just, again, it comes down to our, our scientific minds trying to explain it away, and we can't do that. Now, if we all saw this with our own eyes, then of course, we're going to believe. But we haven't. And yes, it does make me think, why won't he release some of it? Yeah. Anything. anything. It's not like he needs money. You know, he's moved on. He's wants. He's building rocket ships and everything else. It, it, money's not the cause here. He does it because he did it because of all the unanswers, uh, unanswered things that happened out there. And it was such a big, big place that it can't be happening. So he wanted to go out there with his own his own team. So why wouldn't you, you know? Why wouldn't you show something of it? And is it going to be like when I die? Hey, release this. But if you notice in anything in the, our paranormal field, alien field, UFOs, nothing's really released. There's clips of things we can't explain in the sky that planes are tracking and stuff like that. But what are we waiting for? You know what's yeah. You know, and the guy that he, the guy that bought it, um, they actually have Skinwalker Ranch. I believe it's on. Um, National Geographic, it's two seasons. The new guy that bought it, another case scenario, he's a millionaire, and he has a team out there. But this time, they have cameras filming it for TV. You know, TV is TV, you need ratings, stuff like that, but a lot of the stories are happening the same way that it happened with, with Bigelow's team. Have you watched that show at all? Yes. I mean, have you seen any evidence that's decent come out of that show well you know when you have a night vision um you have a night vision uh camera going 
and it's pointed at the stars, and, oh, look, there's a UFO. Okay. Okay, or they get weird magnetic readings off the mountains, of the rocks. Okay. <laughs> or someone gets sick on the show. I'm, yeah, It's tough. I would almost go with Bigelow because I, I, I'm not seeing it, so I'm still in a belief state that, okay, there must be something going on. Because where you get a TV show, and it goes back to ghost hunting. you got to have something happening or no, you're going to get no ratings. Right. You know, unless you're going to be a true doc where you're going to put the story out there, whether it's good or bad, indifferent, and let the people have it. It's not there for ratings. It's there for whatever facts that they can pull out of it. But Skinwalker Ranch, you know, I love that episode. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Books, even if you read online, you know, I would I would follow um, George Knapp. You know, there's tons of YouTube stuff out there um, talking about the place. See, I love places like that and, like, Bridgewater and like with the Mothman because mm-hmm. even though they don't have like any evidence to show you like usually the stories are just so crazy it's like how do you come up with this why would you come up with something that unbelievable like, I, why not make it a little more believable I think like, our psyches why? play a lot too it's okay we've heard so much and say you do go to these places you're almost like your heart's racing because you know, the what-ifs are so big. What if this actually happened? You know, all these people talked about it. And you're really on point about finding something. And I think that, that excitement, which drives a lot of us in this field, is what it's all about. And if you come away empty-handed, you come away empty-handed because, you know, nothing ever happens on command. But still, it's the excitement. It's the, oh, my God, you know, I've heard about this place. All this crazy stuff's going on. I'm here. Let's go. You think there's, like, a lot of matrixing that goes on? When people are out looking for that kind of stuff. I will say, yeah. You know, I mean, if you're staring into the woods, yep. you know, and you think you see something. A shadow moving or something. I like, mean, we've investigated many mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, halls, buildings, and your eyes are really straining to put something together, and you think something's moving, and then someone next to you has, like, better eyesight, and they're like, oh, no, that's that's just plastic off a window. <laughs> So, but your brain will always try to matrix into something right. because you know why you're there. Like, was it just a cold night and it was two raccoons in a tree that were breathing? <laughs> Having a picnic. You know, but you just don't know. I feel like that's the hardest thing when it comes to all of this kind of stuff because the stories are so outlandish. Why would anyone make them up? But then again, if it had any ounce of truth and you had any kind of proof of that, wouldn't you want to shut up everybody that is saying that it's not true? Well, exactly. But there, there, there are videos out there that people are swearing upside down that this is real, this has happened. Are they like the kind of videos where things are circled and there's like red arrows pointing to things? <laughs> um, right. It's the uh, Ghost <laughs> Adventures <laughs> special. Mine too. It's where they, they circle everything. So you definitely see it. Yeah. This area is super right large. Here. Look here. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do see it. It is an apple with two horns. Yeah, whatever. But, yeah. I, I just think the excitement of it all and you really, your brain, like you said, your brain only has one way to go. It's trying to process all the time. Yeah. And you know, who knows? The things we matrix into something that we think it's not, it might be something that we're just like, nah, that's not. And then you walk right by it. And it's, well, that's Rob. Right. In a nutshell. Have nutshell. you ever been on a ghost hunt with Rob? <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> that's not anything. It's, it's nothing. <laughs> No. Even when it actually is something. Move on. Eh, it's nothing. <laughs> nothing to see here. <laughs> nothing to see here. What is it? The only time I ever got him with that was like seriously got him with that was that time at Hinsdale and that thing came up the stairs. And I think like he was shocked. That's you, yeah. 
You were just like, yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's okay. really something. something <laughs> Same just, reaction you had as nothing. Something uh, slid yeah. up the stairs. Something's there. <laughs> slunk into the room. Have slunk. you ever been? Have you ever been shell shocked on a, an investigation or anything that we've done, where you stepped back and went, "Oh crap, that was something that might have been real." Maybe a couple times. Hinsdale being one of them. Also, probably at the Central Library, in those uh, stacks. In particular, the time that we were chasing something down, and then I was like, "Oh, I think we lost." And I looked down an aisle, and I see like a book cart. Mm-hmm. Or what I thought was a book cart until it walked away. Until <laughs> it walked away? Yeah. So it, it was like a set of legs. That could be. Could be one of those librarians. Just yeah, because you, you don't get rattled too much in some of these things that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, Allison, you, you've gotten emotional a couple times where you've been caught off guard. Yeah, one time was at Central Terminal. I don't know if you remember that. But something came and hit my jacket. I had like one of those puffy winter jackets mm-hmm. on. It was cold. And I was standing in the doorway. And we still probably have video of it somewhere where you can literally hear like something hit the jacket. And I jumped. And that definitely caught me off guard. It's usually when things touch that I get freaked. That time at Central Terminal. And then the there's been two times at Rolling Hills that freaked me out pretty crazy. Were you one, touched? Yep. Something zipped my zipper up. We were standing in the um, tunnel, mm-hmm. and it's like pitch black, and something literally pulled the tag of my zipper on my jacket up, and it freaked me out. Now that you mentioned that place, I was like, I could think of like three or four things that happened there yep. specifically. That's the only place, the only place I have ever heard a disembodied voice, like with my own ears. And I wasn't the only one I heard. Cheryl called it, heard it too. Yeah. We were both like hanging back in the hall and I think the rest of the group was at the other end of the hall doing EVP session and we heard a direct response to what you guys were asking like audibly in our own two years we were looking at each other like did you hear that? Yeah the, the EVP of mommy from the little girl there mm-hmm. still spooks me out because it's just so weird um, and it's one of those scenarios where you're not even trying to run an EVP session we were actually changing over batteries in one of the other recorders and as we're talking about changing the batteries, you literally hear this little girl in the back go, Mommy? It's like freaky. Oh, um, and the screaming? Yeah. The screaming woman there? Yep. I heard that in the middle of the day there once, like at 11 in the morning. So you actually heard her? Oh, yeah. How, how did we not talk about this when I, I heard her? I don't know. In the did evening we? before a ghost hunt, I, had, I, I was heading out. I heard And yeah. I pretty much just jabbed at the whole place saying that the place was bullshit and there's no, nothing haunted there and uh, I turn around and lock the door the owner was in the car sitting in the parking lot probably about two cars away from the door and uh, I walked towards her to get my paycheck and all of a sudden this loud lady just screamed and it just I mean every hair in my body stood up I freaked out I ran back to the window looking I thought there was gonna be a lady walking to the door at some point but there there wasn't in it 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 just it, it just freaked me out I mean Rolling Hills had a lot of a lot of scares I mean it's one a of lot the only of my stories I've ever seen a full full body apparition in color see that I did not see I so 
you know, so we were there one night and it was like an off night. We weren't really doing anything too crazy, but it was right after they had put the library together. So first floor on your way to the chapel, um, if you're walking towards the chapel, there would be that room on the left-hand side that was set up like a library. Mm -hmm. And we were headed down towards the chapel because we used to do a lot of work in that room in particular. And as we were walking past it, something like I just needed to look. And when I looked, there was a woman standing in the room, like clear as day. She was just standing in the room. And as soon as like it clicked in my head, like that's not right. Like I just kind of looked and went and, but as soon as I looked back, it was gone. Yep. And it's the only time I've ever seen like full body apparition that was not like, I can tell you what she looked like. It wasn't like shadow person or, you know, your impression of what it, you mm-hmm. think it might be. And it was, that really kind of freaked me out. That place that like, I worked there for a year and a half, a little, about a year and a half, tearing the place apart, rebuilding it. And, you know, like that library doing the Singapore theory, building these rooms. So, you know, the spirits are accustomed to what they used to. And that shit really works. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says, you know. It's actually I, I, a good topic because I don't think we've ever done an episode on Singapore theory. No, I don't um, think so. Stand behind it because... There's just there's just so many stories. I, I but enough to make you jump, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah, I, I can't believe like how many shadow people I saw there. Like I don't never see. I've, I've only saw, in all that time I saw one shadow person. There. Oh no, we used to see him a lot. Like that special that hallway. Huh? And remember, all the desks were like piled on top of each other yep. in that one room. And we would go and sit at the hallway. And as soon as we would get to one end of the hallway, we would literally hear all the desks and chairs moving around. And then we'd run down there, and not a single thing would be out of place. And then we'd be like, what the hell? And we'd walk back, and then it would start all over again. It's like as soon as we were far enough away, we would hear, like, chairs being moved and, like, you know, things sliding on the floor. I did see a little girl there. I I stand corrected. Yeah, Elizabeth. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) running around. When we figured out out that the... um, the kitchen in the basement, the pizzeria, wasn't actually that. We figured out that that was the morgue, and we talked to a couple people in town. And then things started making sense, the way the splash guards were on the walls. And then the two coolers weren't really for food back then. The day, that's where they, you know, in the back exit where the ambulance could come in. I was <clears throat> setting up for um, one of the Halloween um, tours that you do, and you come through like a haunted house. And I was showing the owner the two coolers, and I said, the second light doesn't work in this other cooler. So I looked at the first cooler. We had a purple light in there. I put it in there. And I said, this one right here. And I was leading the way in, and as soon as I turned that corner, there was a little girl probably, you know, up to my chest, a little lower, standing there in the pitch black. And, yeah, I about shit a brick then. because I jumped back. I didn't know... I, I didn't expect it. It startled me. I knocked her over, the owner over, uh, and turned back and it was gone. Things like that. Wasn't it funny how we seem to have forgotten all these things that happened there until you start talking about You start them? talking yeah. about them, it brings back all the, all the different things. So there's a lot of things out in, I think, out in this, this, this world, planet, that we haven't even tapped on. And I think that's one of our goals is to keep going at this stuff, and that's what intrigues a lot of us. And, you know, people are going to put up stuff there. There's always going to be the naysayers. People are going to try manipulating videos and different things like that. And God knows you can do just about anything with video and audio these days that what do you trust? You know what you trust? You trust your teammate. You trust Mm -hmm. your person you go out there with. 
if you see it by yourself, you make sure you're with there someone who's trustworthy that you know they're not going to come back to you and say, hey, this happened up in this room. Guess what? You know, believe me. And they do. You know, so that, that's the only real way we get to debunk it. And if that's happening to a lot of people and then they come forward and like say our group comes and we put all our evidence out there, you know, obviously we're ripe for the picking. It's going to happen. But we know what happened. We were there. We saw it. That's what right. leads us. Well, and that's, I mean, you can defend that. You know what I mean? Because you were Absolutely. there. Absolutely. So... And you stand behind it because you know that that's what happened because you were there. So it's kind of like, you know... Say what you will. Right. If you're going to put something out there, I mean, you have to be prepared that people are going to tear it apart. But at the same time, you're putting it out there for a debate, which is what we need more of. Right. Because people get so worried that they're going to be torn apart that they don't want to let anything out. But it's like, then how are you ever going to move forward? How are you ever going to... And the people who truly, I think the people who truly have captured stuff, EVP-wise, um, video and all that, they, in their heart, they're being honest. They know what they saw. They know what they heard. They were there. There's other people to testify it. So their honesty in a weird way is working against them. Because like you said, when you put that out there, people are like, it's a bunch of crap. That didn't happen. Yeah, I can do that on my computer. Yes, you can, but you weren't there. This person was there. This person was there. We can tell you the full story. We can tell you the details of what was going on when we got to that place. Right, but that's not usually how the debate goes. Usually the debate goes, no, it is real, I swear. And then True. before you know it, there's another like mock photo up of right. something very similar. And then, you know, it just gets crazy. And I feel like if people just stood behind it and just left it at that, mm -hmm. There would be less of what goes on in the field, you know? Yep. It makes me think of the best piece of evidence we ever caught was that shadow person at the museum. Yep. I realized, like, I don't think I don't think we ever put that out there, did we? We used to show it when we did presentations. With the dust up there and you saw it move, move in and then it, it, it backed up. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. I realized that, like, we caught that on a DVR system. Yep. If I would have kept that thing... Like, you could have used that as proof as this is not manipulated in any way because you can't manipulate it when it's on the DVR system in its original form. Right. You have you, to extract it first. You have airflow going one way, and then you have that that shadow or person, person going with it, and then it goes backwards against the grain. Mm -hmm. It, like, when it gets into frame, and it's like, oh, shit, I'm on camera. And backs turns up. around and goes back the other way. Right. Yeah, and comes through an exit and entrance that was once an actual exit and entrance that's been boarded up right. and bricked over for years. And that and, and we're just talking about stuff that we've seen. And mm -hmm. I, I know there's other groups out there have seen stuff too, and we all know there's bullshit out there, but it goes back to what we were talking about with Skinwalker, uh, Skinwalker and uh, Pleasant and um, Bridgewater. All this stuff is a big thicket. All this stuff is happening. But we're not really seeing the evidence. So now we're taking someone's word that it's it's happening. And there's enough stories out there that it is possible. You, you, it's it's happening. Mm -hmm. But to our eyes, we haven't seen it. You know, until you set, set foot there. And I think it's tough, too, because some of these places, actually almost all of them, all of them are such big areas. It's not just... A rolling hills or a history museum, right? Where it's confined in one location. You're we sat out in this field, miles and miles no. of, of land, right? And different. You have people. to be right in the times. right spot at just the right time. And like uh, Point Pleasant, for example, that was all like in the '60s, where you know equipment wasn't as readily available, and you know even the other places, it's like 
middle of the forest. Like, even if you got a bunch of equipment, it's like needle in a haystack. Well, well we were having a debate in the episode of Bridgewater about, because there was a, um incident that was documented from a police officer you had brought it up where the police officer was in his patrol car and bigfoot came up behind and lifted up the back of the car i think i remember this yeah Yeah. it was one of the reported incidents that happened in bridgewater and we were talking about it and my first question was well how come he didn't get out and do fingerprints (laughs) i mean this monstrous thing just gripped the whole back of your car yeah you're gonna be looking for something and you were like well it was in the 70s and you know and i was like they did fingerprinting then because that's like where my mind always goes it's like where's the evidence where's the evidence because that's what we've been programmed to think about And if you're a police officer right if you wanted people to believe you're programmed to look for certain things you would think so right samples dna whatever so it's like on one hand why would he tell that story and put himself out there for the ridicule if it wasn't true Right. But on the other hand, like, wouldn't you be trying to get proof to show people so that it backed up your personal experience? Like, we always talk about that with ghost hunting. It's fine to have the personal experiences, and those are valid, and we know that, but we don't present those to clients without evidence to back them up. Right. It, it, it just, like, it goes back to that. You're not going to put... All right, we'll give, we'll give 20% of the crowd... Um, crap because they put out fake evidence or this that and everything else because they want to get the attention or they want to get their group up and running and yeah this happened and you know you get into the field but the rest of it you you put that stuff out there honestly you're not you know it's a do you ever have to come home and try to explain to your family or something like what you saw and what's happening and they're like oh yeah for sure yeah it's just like you're beating you know Mm -hmm. okay no why why would you come home it's a good example. Why would you come home to a, your husband or your wife or girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, your mom, dad, whatever, and say, oh, guess what happened? This uh, this in, disembodied voice went by me or uh, body went by me and uh, it was half a torso. And it, it, Oh, really? Why would you go home to the people who are closest to you and say that? Right. If you know what you're going to get into. No, you're coming home. You're being honest. This is what happened. Oh, it was this. No, it wasn't. There was another person who saw that. So you're like, okay, all right. So here we are back at square one. The people that go, the people that see it, the people who are uh, in the buddy system or however you want to break up the groups, you, you trust them all. I mean, that's that's when with our luck, we've had a good group of people that, you know, are not going to come back and say it just to say it. This is what happened. You know, the duck. Me and you walking down the hall. We heard that duck. It was not a duck. It was a goose. Goose, duck. <laughs> it was on the menu that night. It was and on the wall. Well, it the was... cat, the cat at the Knickerbocker. The oh, cat. Yeah, we had we caught that EVP of the cat, and yeah. we were telling, yeah, we were telling the owner. We gave her the EVP. We played it. We were like, listen, we don't know what it is, but it sounds to us like a cat. And the craziest thing was she was like, well, we just had a group here. It was like a month ago or just a couple weeks before. And they took a picture and there is literally the outline of a cat curled up in a chair. Mm-hmm. Over the dog, was it? No. It was like was a, chair upstairs. It was a chair upstairs. It was okay. from the upstairs room, that front upstairs room. So, you know, that's something that we didn't know about. We didn't know that that group had that photo. We hadn't seen it yet. Now you see it. She po- It's up in that room right where that chair is. But... 
at the time it was still so new that that didn't happen. But here we had this crazy EVP that we were like, we have no idea what the hell this is. But it had direct correlation to something somebody else had caught there. It confirmed. That's why it's so important to show what you get. Mm -hmm. Right. Even if you're going to get hit a thousand times for it. Right. Because somebody else might hear that EVP and go, that's not a freaking cat. That's, you know. Right. That's a door or that's this. Someone in that that. group might have been like, oh, this happened here. And all of a sudden, how many times have we been in a situation where the stories just started to go together like a puzzle? Yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, we didn't put that together earlier because we didn't know that. Now there's a puzzle that's building. And then. A lot of times, that's how you form your formulate your history on your these these old buildings and properties. And you start out one thing, you talk to another person, you do your research, and then all of a sudden, people in the community—that's another one that's been around. Like I hate to go back to it, but Rolling Hills, so many people worked at this place when it was um, the um, nursing home and stuff, and they know the backstory right. even before that. So all of a sudden, these pieces of these puzzles start coming—pictures and timelines—and then you're like, oh, okay. And yeah, you're taking a lot of ridicule sometimes for it, and you're like, no, whatever. But then you, you are putting the history together of something that's happened a long time ago, and you know you feel it's accurate because the people who come forward with pictures or evidence or papers or whatever, oh, okay, this is truthful. They're not, they're not bullshitting around us. They're not just saying, oh, when I worked here, this happened. They can back it up. So, so we had Bridgewater, Skinwalker, and. Why don't you give us a little bit about Point Pleasant? A little bit. Yeah, if you can. Because I feel like that encompasses <laughs> right. the location things right. as opposed to like... Yeah. Two minutes under because we other, know how you're going to get... No, yeah. I'm kidding. Some of the other well, favorite yeah. episodes. And two other location places, Big Thicket and Marley Woods. Shout out to them. <laughs> yeah, you made <laughs> so, the list. So, uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, is known mostly for the Mothman back in 19... 67. Huh? 1967. Yep. And so, the Mothman. hmm Let's see here. It wasn't just the Mothman. That's why we kind of grouping it Mothman. in. Mothman! That's why we're kind of grouping it in with uh, these other locations, because it started with the sightings of the Mothman, who, of course, is the uh, six, seven-foot... Depending on who you talk to, maybe ten foot tall. But he's and he's been seen throughout other places too, but mostly in Point Pleasant. That's like his origin story, yeah, right? That's like that's like his his big area that he likes to go to. So, or that's like where most of his sightings and appearances were going. Mothman, yeah. All right, so so the Mothman sightings in 1967. Yes. They were not just the Mothman. There were also UFO sightings. There were also Men in Black sightings. And a werewolf sight. No, not a werewolf sighting. Uh, there was an alien named Injured Cold from mm-hmm. Planet Lanulose. It's just like, yeah. It's just so much of a rabbit hole to fall down. I've never fallen down a rabbit hole more on any other topic than this one. I think I read John Keel's book. I watched the movie. I watched like a three-hour documentary about the Mothman, and I'm still looking for things about the Mothman now. So it's like Ingrid Cole didn't he have like a whole list of things that information that was given to him from the aliens? He was the alien. He was the alien. He was. It was the like alien. prophet kind of things, wasn't it? Like, like future protecting predictions, those bunkers yeah. that were out there. Yeah. I vaguely so remember. My original notes from the first time we did the Mothman episode are gone. 
I think the men in black may have stolen them. Really? Yeah, I had no idea where they are. Look, I have this notebook, right? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know where my original Mothman notes are. They're not in there. Hmm. Strange, Conspiracy. huh? Conspiracy. Yeah, the men in black. So in 35 years, they'll release the documents. They'll release my Mothman note- notes. Mm-hmm. So if there's like some weird person on the face of the earth that doesn't know who or what exactly the Mothman was about... Go and watch the Eyes of the Mothman documentary. Mm-hmm. It's going to be well worth the three and a half hours of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Says Rob. Because he would basically like show up and warn people that bad crap was going to happen. Well, nobody knew that at the time. Right. When it started in 67, 66, 67. Because he was just like showing up all over this little town, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. And people are just like, hey, what's the deal with this Mothman? And, and there were strange things because there's a TNT plant down there that made like TNT for World War II. Mm-hmm. It's dynamite. And it is dynamite. It's out of sight. And Sorry. so <laughs> that was abandoned. And But you have like all sorts of radioactive crap going on. And then like some people that had encounters with the Mothman had radiation burns afterwards. So there's a lot of like weird energy, electrical, radioactive. Any like almost blind people? Yeah, I think one person in particular was like had radiation burns all over their eyes and face Hmm. from seeing him. So he comes around. He's seen all over the place. People don't know why. They're all spooked out, and then something bad happens. Yep. Well, after they see him, you know, all the UFOs, the Men in Black, and then the Silver Bridge collapses in Point Pleasant in December of '67. A bunch of people died. And then he's gone. That's what they said. <laughs> another rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there is another documentary that came out recently. It's not that good. About, like, what the Mothman's been up to since then. And it's really, there's nothing too interesting about it. Just random sightings into the early 70s. Um, nothing really new. Like, if you heard all the other Mothman sightings, we've heard... So he's doing the same old tricks? Same old tricks. Um, The TNT area was cleared out in the 80s. They cleaned it. They had to remove, like, two or three inches of soil along the land to make sure it was... But aren't those, like, round... Yeah, the silos. silos. They're still there, though, right? They're still there. Yep. I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Jumping ahead. Here we go. Like the Mothman. Here we go. Mothman Part 4 is coming up. So John Keel, who was heavily involved with all the uh, Mothman stuff, he had a term for it called ultra-terrestrial. He thought that these things, the Mothman, UFOs, the Men in Black, they weren't extraterrestrial, as in aliens. They were ultra-terrestrial, which in his theory was they're beings of our world, but they're from beyond our normal perception. So maybe another reality, another dimension, or within planes that we can't physically see with our eyes. You know, there's different light sources. Even though they're around us. Like, yeah, like UV, radio waves, you know, different light spectrums that we can't physically see or interact with. Or other dimensions, like you said. So that was his theory about everything going on in Point Pleasant. Which goes along with the other two places with portals to other dimensions, too. Right. Go that route. I want somebody to create full spectrum contact lenses. That would be cool. Let's give uh, Zach Bagans a call. All right, do it up. He's your boy. He'll he'll come through. So I did some other research about like you know, Mothman after '67. That's what I have written here. Okay. So there was a cult. There's 
reports of occult activity in the TNT bunkers, and that's dating back even to before the Mothman showed up. Like there was satanic figure, like hooded figures seen going in and out of these TNT. I see those eyes rolling. TNT bunkers in Point Pleasant. Why has it um, always got to be Satanists? I know. Well, you know, specifically, mm. it doesn't say Satanists. It just says occult rituals. Of course it does. Um, and you can actually, there is actually like photos of some of the weird symbols and stuff in the silos that are still there today. Um, there was a report of a boy and his friend who spotted the Mothman near an abandoned house. After going into the house later on, they saw large footprints in the basement that looked like they were burned onto the ground, which kind of goes along with the radioactive right. theme. That's the only sighting that I wrote down from this documentary. Um, so that's basically all that the Mothman's really been up to for the most part, I thought. Until... Uh-oh. <laughs> There's more notes coming, people. Brace yourselves. We've made it to the 90s. I watched another documentary. <laughs> Don't worry, this one was only an hour long. It just dwindles down. Like it was like a paranormal witness episode or something. 2009. So. All right, a little more recent. recent. Yeah. Um, conspiracy, I can't get my... I want to know why he didn't come and warn us about COVID. Maybe he did. They say he came warned about, you know... Good question. 9-11 and Chernobyl. Those are all all physical things, though. Yeah. Chernobyl, they say maybe it's a bunch of crap because they were interviewing the screenwriter for the Mothman Prophecies movie on one of these documentaries. And he said that that's a line that he threw into the movie. And he never heard anything about that before the movie. And after the movie, everyone's like, oh, yeah, and he warned people in Chernobyl, too. That's how it starts. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so this is a story of uh, Jeff and Crystal Drenning, a couple, a young couple, uh, who like to go on little day trips. And they uh, one day decided they're going to go to Point Pleasant, West Virginia for a day trip back in 2009. Grab a bite to eat. Yeah, go check out the TNT bunkers. Why not? I would. So they they were they're not really like they weren't really into the paranormal or so they say beforewards they're just going to check a historical site yeah, supposedly they, i mean they went into town at first and someone some town he told them oh yeah go down to the tnt bunker and, and record things people catch things in there all the time so they didn't think much of it but they go to the tnt bunker and jeff drenning starts recording on his phone evp session he catches a voice that says i'm here now, this EVP is actually out there. You can listen to it. It's, I guess, if you just take it at worth, it's pretty impressive. Right. So. Is it a Class A EVP? If we had caught it, yeah, I would say it was a Class A. Wow. Absolutely. For you, that's saying a lot. Not knowing the circumstances behind it or being there yourself, you know. Just taking their word for, you know, how it was caught and everything. So they get home after their day trip. And uh, Crystal Drenning starts receiving phone calls from a block number. And it was just like static and strange beeps. So this starts to be a little more familiar with the Mothman stories from back in the 60s. Um, she grabbed the doorknob in her house to the bathroom at one point, And it was like super hot. So she thought there was a fire. There was nothing. But inside, there was giant charred claw marks on the wall of the house and there was they were ashy and soot like so now i'm actually seeing these themes here that i didn't know because i I did this research like weeks ago and this other one i did like yesterday and i'm like 
Okay. You see all the pieces kind of connecting together there. So there was a loud shrieking noise like it was entering the home. They lost power. Who knows why this happened one night. Um, Jeff was driving home. His car lost power. Uh, after he got it going again, he saw a large robed man on the side of the road who darted across the street inhumanly fast. Mothman. Uh, he saw another shadow person at night. Uh, I don't remember what the context of this note was. <laughs> Could have been a vampire. Could have been. Um, so they also had like poltergeist activity in the house. Uh, at one point in the kitchen, the cabinet opened up on its own and glass glasses would fly out. Was there ever any other documented Mothman poltergeist kind of related stuff? Not to this extent where it was like focused on one specific gotcha. couple. Yeah, because this is when I was watching this, I was like, this doesn't sound like the Mothman's MO. Not to me. It smells something fishy. A little bit. Um, and then here's a weird one. Um, at one point during the middle of the night, they were waking up by something being thrown at them. And it was uh, spoons and silverware from their kitchen, which was like several rooms over, that was in their bed. And they were bent, bent spoons. And so they get up. And they walk into the kitchen, and all their silverware is out on the floor, bent, in, including some that was thrown at them in their bed. So they could... That sounds to me like they did some provoking and brought something home that was nasty. That's what it sounds like. Right. Mm-hmm. So at this point, that was like their breaking point. They went back to the TNT area to confront it, and Jeff told it to leave them alone. Who thinks it worked? Raise your hand. Uh, it worked? No, instead, oh. Jeff was knocked back six to seven feet in the bunker. <laughs> uh, so he was physically attacked in the bunker after confronting it. So they go back home, hoping that maybe that's it then. <laughs> no, so Crystal's in the shower. It's almost like a horror movie now. And she sees, like, a hand imprint on the, the shower, on the outside mm-hmm. of the shower. Like the curtain? Like a human hand? That's what she thought. She thought, oh, it's her husband back home from work or wherever early. It was not a human hand. It was nothing because she, she opens up. There's, there's nothing there. Typical horror movie thing. Jeff was still on his way home at this point. At the same time, he sees the Mothman in the middle of the street. He jumped on his car and then flew off into the sky. So... This sounds like a paranormal tag team. Yeah. So, yeah. Who did he team up with? I don't know. Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> so Crystal gets a phone call then after this. And it says, I'm going to eat your light. It was another unknown phone call. Someone just saying, I'm going to eat your light. Sounds like someone's going to die. Yeah. And then so then Black Ooze started to be thrown at them in the house. Like out of nowhere. just It would just... Appear? Yeah. It would just appear and be thrown at them. It was this black oozy substance. And... It was just all over the place. There's pictures of it, I believe. And they... I would have gotten it tested. You know, this is 2009. There's no excuse for this shit anymore. Right, they're doing DNA testing. Yeah. (coughs) Okay. So they moved. They claimed their space. And they told it not to come with them. And that's how the Paranormal Witness episode ended. I looked into it. It followed them. And they still got shit going on to this day, apparently. 
Wow. I try. I was trying to like track them down to see if we could like reach out to them and ask them questions because they're yeah. just a couple people. Yeah. On a paranormal witness episode, but I couldn't find a whole lot. There are. Did paranormal you check Facebook? Witness? I did. I think one of them has like a Twitter account, but I don't have Twitter. Twitter might be the route to go. So it would be. It there. would be interesting to to hear. What, yeah, what's going on? They probably want to eleven years see. later. You know. Still though, that's a that's a long that's a long deep rabbit hole. That's a long haunting. Yeah. That's like to still have stuff going on mm-hmm. eleven years later. Yeah, and especially since all the other famous Mothman sightings, it was just like they saw him and that was it. Right. Like, why would he go out of his way to attach himself yeah, to these two right. people? He never attached. He didn't show like attachment behavior before. I don't know. think it was really the Mothman. I think you know. Yeah. Bad spirits will lie. That's kind of what I was thinking too. And make you believe. You got people you think so? doing occult activity in these okay. TNT bunkers and stuff. You got the stories of the Mothman. So. Maybe they were just the right couple to show maybe up. It's like, hey, this is what I want to look like when I haunt you and torture you. You look like a fine couple. I'm going to follow you guys home. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Yeah. Because he, you know, he just popped out of nowhere. He's jumping around like or Springfield Jack. there was something Jack. in one of their energy <clears throat> fields that attracted it. Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. I'm trying to move on from the Mothman so I don't... So you don't, keep, you don't keep it going? Until like episode 100 Mothman part 4 or 5 Ish. or whatever it is. 5 Spring Hill Jack. This was my second episode that I went back and, and checked out because I always thought this was such a cool topic. See, I always thought that was... The, it was <laughs> here we go. I always thought that one wasn't really real. <laughs> but all the stories we talk about, <laughs> I, I picked the one that, that seems like, you know... I was amazed by Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> it, was a, it was a different type because of story. Because it sounds like it could be real. Because right. Because it's not too out there. But there are some things where it's like... That's a little strange. Right. But what's the explanation for it? You don't know because it was like, what, the 1800s? Mm-hmm. 1837 is the first sighting of mm-hmm. Spring Hill Jack. And, you know, whether he's an urban legend or whether he was actually something going on, I mean, he was still pretty freaking cool. So in this episode, the Parababble team takes a trip to Victorian London to investigate the craze that was Spring Hill Jack. Unlike that other Jack that ripped up everything in Victorian London, Springheeled instead showed off his awesome cardio skills by leaping great heights. He also had a really bad habit of clawing at women with his Freddy Cougar hands. Nice. And occasionally shooting fireballs in their faces. Was he a lunatic? A mad scientist? Or maybe something a little more in the realms of the paranormal? And he was an alien and or time traveler? Listen to find out. Also, Jeff goes on a crazy tangent trying to solve the mystery of every past, present, and future Parababble topic. <laughs> so I you remember. Could, you could tell he was really into the Spring Hill Jack because that was his tangent to avoid the fact that he didn't want to talk about Spring Hill Jack. I remember the Fireball song. I, fi- I, fireball. Say, I found something do, do, from this episode do, 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 specifically fireball. still saved in the Parababble archives. Fireball. <laughs> As we pay homage to Spring Hill yep. Jack. So that episode was done um, July 20th of 2016. And we talked all about the uh, accounts of Spring Heeled Jack, which started in 1837 and went until 1904. So he had a really good reign. He's such a dirty little bird. Of everything. Um, but, you know, he 
was able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Mm. <laughs> he wore a cloak, white, white oil skin that looked like the fisherman jackets, you know, like the, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Um, blue flames is what he shot. Well, that was extremely hot. Right? Fireball. Specifically blue. Um, And his sightings got more and more aggressive over the years. So they started out pretty meek and mild. He was just, like, jumping out in front of carriages. And that wasn't doing it. Jumping out in front of people. But then he started to actually, like, get more interactive and become more aggressive where he was actually grabbing and Mm -hmm. tearing and then at one point i think the last um documented sighting of him he actually cut somebody it was a woman and i think she was with a man they were like walking home and he attacked her and cut her and they barely got away and he followed them all the way back to the house and tried to still get into the house yeah i remember that yep so um he became pretty famous there was plays about him there was Penny Dreadfuls written about him. Um, he was pretty well known. He inspired a lot of copycat attacks. So there was a lot of crazy copycat spring-heeled jacks running around. You know, obviously they couldn't jump 10, 12, 30 feet in the air, but they were dressed similarly. Oh, they're trying to break their A-game. Um, but some of the things that we had talked about at that episode, you know, is really kind of like he seemed to kick off and not be so um you know involved anymore when jack the ripper stuff started so like when jack the ripper came out and started you know having these cases of murders spring hill jack suddenly started disappearing more and more so that was kind of one of the things that we had discussed like were those two things possibly related but we did come across some research about captain finch who, um, 10 years after the first attack, there was a pretty extensive investigation which led to this Captain Finch. He was actually found guilty of attacking two women, and they found a similar outfit in his mm. possession. So was he really Captain Finch? Was he really Jack the Ripper? Was he really a man? He was kind of like the Joker, but he was also like a Batman gone wrong. A Batman gone wrong. <laughs> yeah. Spring Hill Jack. So he just kind of dumped out of sight, never to be mm-hmm. really. Yeah. So After I, all the cloning, and then Jack the Ripper came into town, and he brought a whole another level of it's game. Like, it's like I can't compete with that Jack. Yeah, I'm not going to the. I'm not, I can't compete with that Jack. That's so, right. you know, Jacks. a lot of stuff going. We actually said that in the episode. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. Jack like John Doe in England? Because everybody seemed to be Jack. 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 So. Um, you know, that was one of those topics where it was like, what? I've never even heard of that before. But then when you start digging, you find out that there is actually all this stuff to it. So, you know, I think we just never really know sometimes. Do you think people who put this, put like these ideas out there, and I'm totally just trying to fabricate it here. They really think about the character. Like you think about a really good cosplay that you make up on your own, not imitating somebody. But they just put that shit right out there. Going all the way back then, people are bored. They need something to do. It's funny. And then 300 years later, it's like, oh, shit, you remember this? It was, well, it was never intended to be that. Right. Well, that was the whole thing with this. Like, was this guy just like a vigilante gone wrong? Like, you know, was he the first superhero? Like, the first 
you know, guy to put on a cape right. and, you know, some funny springs and try to be somebody bigger. Like, you know, that was one of the theories that we had talked about mm-hmm. during the episode. Like, what was the motivation for that? Because I don't think any of us thought he was supernatural. I am an actor. Yeah, it was like a man, you know. We had a whole big debate about whether or not springs were being made at that time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> metal like mark technology. Going <laughs> and his Freddy Cougar hands. Like, what was the spring technology like back in 1834? <laughs> well, yeah. it did buggies, carts, <laughs> <laughs> heels. <laughs> so, kind of going along those same lines, you, Rob, you looked at, what, Japanese bathroom demons again? Yep. Sure you, did. You just said that like it was like a real thing. Mm-hmm. I know it it's awesome. It, yes, it is, Rob. We did an entire episode. Oh wait, I have to read. All right, while you're getting ready over there, I'm gonna I'm gonna find the introduction to that because I don't think that whole episode was supposed to be about that. It sure wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was supposed to be about? I think it was supposed to be folklore, but then I'm like, hey guys, I got all this stuff about Japanese bathroom demons. Yeah, let's well, we just did go do, with it. Yeah, we did do an episode on fork. 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 Anyone want to say it for me? Folklore. Folklore. Yes. We did, yeah, we did make that one up eventually. Yeah, I saw that scrolling through today. No, sorry, I got it stuck in my head. I'm looking for Japanese bathroom demons. So, yeah, this is... I don't even know how I fell into this rabbit hole. But, um, yeah, there's, there's several Japanese bathroom demons, and I, I thought, you know, it might be fun to try and find some more for our 100th episode, but as it turns out, I think I covered all of them in the first episode that we did about Japanese bathroom demons. Oh, there's not more of those things that have just been popping up? No, um, there's, you know, I, I found maybe a little bit more information on one of them. Uh, there's this guy named Michael Dylan Foster who wrote a book called The Book of Yokai, Mysteries, Mysterious Creatures of Japanese Folklore. And okay. he has, I don't know if it's a whole chapter, but he has a whole lot of stuff about Japanese bathroom demons. And he describes bathrooms as liminal spaces and that they connect the normal everyday world to a whole different realm, namely the sewer. So yep. you're going down. So just a little background. This was right. So while doing research for an episode oh. about folklore, which is coming... Rob discovers the amazing abundance of Japanese bathroom demons that exist and takes over the show with them. Plus, we just really wanted to name an episode Japanese Bathroom Demons. Also, Jeff tries to make it about the Bible. Oh, yes. That's the one where we went. Why? Where I went. Wow. Yes. I went Jesus heavy at the end of that. And yeah. we were dying. That's the one about driving home getting hit with lightning. Yeah, I remember that now. Yep. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, Japanese bathroom demons and the Bible go hand in hand. Right. How did he get there? I don't know. Does... But if you want to find out, listen to the episode. So some of the uh, Japanese bathroom demons included... Uh... <sighs> Here we go. Toyar no Hanako-san. <laughs> so Hanako-san is... So Hanako-san! Hanako-san. So that's how you have to say it. It's said to be the ghost of a young girl who died around World War II time, who now, for some reason, haunts school bathrooms. Mm. She's usually described as wearing an out-of-fashion red dress and a bobbed haircut. She could be summoned by going into the girl's bathroom on the third floor, knocking on the third stall three times. So it has to be in threes. And then saying, are you there, Hanako-san? So that's how you summon her. Okay, oh. It's very specific. Instructions. Hanako-san. 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 
So Hanako will then respond by saying, yes, I am. Ooh. Or a ghostly hand will appear. From the toilet? I don't know. You have to be on the outside because you had to knock on the stall door three okay. times. So she's going to say, I'm here. Is like the hand going to come out from underneath like it's looking for toilet paper? I don't know. But I have another Japanese bathroom demon that does offer that kind of service. Oh, okay. Um, so here's where this one gets weird. If you enter the stall after summoning her, there is a chance you can be eaten by a three-headed lizard. So, that's all the info I have on that. I feel Moving like Jeff on. just made the same face he made when you initially said that in the actual episode. It's just... It's, yeah, probably. So, I'm just thinking about Jesus and how he relates to this lizard. There's the, New Test- there's the Old Testament, New Testament, and the Japanese Demon Testament. But this, you know, it makes me think of, it makes me think of Moaning Myrtle from Harry Potter. She's always haunting the bathroom. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So it's got to be a bathroom thing. I it wonder, she's thing. always in the boys' bathroom. Moaning Myrtle. Yep. Hanako-san and Moaning Myrtle. Yeah, maybe they're related. And Kashima Rico. Kashima Rico? Kashima Rico. Kashima Rico! So, Kashima Rico is a girl who was a ghost... And she died when her legs were severed by a train. God. Her legless torso now haunts bathroom stalls. Oh, that's terrible. Why? Again, why she went to the bathroom afterwards, I do not know. But anytime uh, someone is unlucky enough to encounter her, she asks them, where are my legs? And the correct response is, on the Mission Expressway. That will save your life, because if you answer anything else, she might tear your legs off. Oh my god, I'm writing this down. What, what's the answer? The Mission Expressway. On the Mission Expressway. Yes. You never know when that might save your life. Yeah, you really don't. I mean, couldn't you just flush these things down the toilet? I mean, are they big? Are they like puck, puck wedgie size? I mean, they're ghosts, right? I mean, that one didn't have any legs, so uh, the other one's a little girl. The next one is Akamanto. Akamanto. Akamanto, or the red cape is what it's translated to. It's oh. also sometimes called Oyimanto, which means the blue cape. Or in some variations, Akai Kamo Ayokami, red paper, blue paper. This modern spirit is said to be... When he can't decide whether he wants the red cape or the blue cape. Yeah. So he wears them both. Basically. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes sense when you hear what he, he's up to. So he resembles a person completely covered by a flowing cape and a hood, wearing a mask that hides an irresistibly handsome face. Oh. So much different than the lady that got her legs chopped off. Yeah. He but, lures you in. Yeah, he does. He does. That's what he does. He lures you in. So then... He appears to people, usually in the stall, the last stall in the bathroom, <laughs> as they're about to wipe. And he asks them a strange question. But, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, isn't any question that you ask somebody but they're in the stall of a bathroom, mm-hmm. mid-wipe, a strange question? I mean, the only question they should be asking is, do you have a square to spare? Yeah, and in, in this case, it's the other way around, because he's ask, he asks them... Red cape or blue cape, or offers them red paper or blue paper. Don't take either paper. That is the correct answer. Oh, thank God. I'd be saved. Choosing red will lead to Akamanto flaying the person's back until they're dead. Oh my God. Flaying. Yeah, like 
slicing like the Like slicing the shit out of you until you die. Okay. Hmm. Choose the blue paper, and he will suffocate you to death. Ooh, which one do I want? So you want blood, or are you going to turn blue? Let's... There is two other options. You could pick the no paper thing and live, or you could pick another random color. You know what that gets you? He drags you straight down to hell, if that happens. <laughs> oh, so that... Yeah. So if you say yellow... If you're you say going. yellow, he's like, okay, we're going to hell. And he drags you down to the underworld. But at least he's good looking. Yeah, he's... he's uh, There's that. Devilishly handsome. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's see. Oh, there's also the Akaname. I don't know if I mentioned this one in the, the, the original episode. But the Akaname is a goblinesque spirit that is disheveled with a long protruding tongue. It's mostly harmless, and it's primarily known for licking the filth off of bathtubs. Wow. How do we go with that? Yeah, I just... I think something gets lost in translation. Well, I, want, I just wanted to say that your Japanese is getting... Well, it is getting it is, better, it, isn't it? It is, yes. I used to butcher these things. Uh, and you just, you flowed through that like nothing. We got to talk about the Kappa, though, real quick. I thought you posted a picture of the Kappa when we did this. I sent you guys a picture of the Kappa today. <laughs> yes. I think I remember there being another post when this when this episode originally went up. Mm, probably. So the Kappa is, um, it appears in outhouses where it harasses people, usually women. Um, it of course. Is, yeah. Kind of freaking Kappa. So let's see here. The Kappa, it's, it's like, a, there's a lot of different variations as to how it looks. Um, but it's it's a creature. It's not like a ghost. Um, so most of them are kind of like Mr. Burns with hair. Yeah, I guess <laughs> we it, have a fighting looks, chance. It looks like a lizard-like, Smithers. sometimes like a killer duck-like looking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe alligator-ish in in some ways. Uh, it's a trickster figure, mm. and some of what they are said to do is merely mischievous, such as looking up a woman's camino. <laughs> But they're, they're also credited with drowning people, especially in animals, especially horses and cattle, raping women and kidnapping children. It's a little more than mischievous. Did you mean kimono? Kimono. <laughs> That's what I said, right? You said mm-hmm. kimono. Absolutely. Kimono? El Camino? El Camino? What are they looking up? <laughs> Jeff just complimented me on my Japanese pronunciation. Yeah, so. she just, just <laughs> held off. You were close. Uh, my El Camino. I didn't realize what you were talking about at first, and then I was like, oh, is that what that is? Oh, this gets good here. Party the in the front. Camino Business in the front. Party in the back. back. <laughs> all day. I like how they're like, it's it's just mischievous. Also, it does all these horrible things like drowning people, kidnapping children, raping women, oh and God. also sometimes drinking the blood of humans and eating human flesh especially the liver mm. it's known to climb up inside uh up through the toilet up inside someone's anus while they're on the toilet and steals their liver wow <laughs> because there's a ball inside the anus that's said to contain the soul that would probably be pretty painful i mean talk about getting the soul ripped out of your ass <laughs> not sitting on the toilet tonight there's so many things that could murder you on the toilet. It's dangerous business going to the bathroom. <laughs> it's some kind of business. I still want to know how we got to Jesus in the Bible from this. <laughs> well, you know what? There are toilet gods. There are Japanese toilet gods that I found. 
Um, it's just because that back in the day there's a very limited livestock in Japanese farms, and human waste has traditionally been collected in cesspits and used as fertilizer. This meant that there was a risk of falling into a cesspit and possibly drowning, which is mm. not a very nice death. So there was Japanese toilet gods to kind of, you know, prevent this thing from happening. One of their beliefs was that keeping the toilet clean was thought to lead to having attractive children. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So a clean shitter means attractive kids. Yeah. In some places, the family would sit in front of the toilet on a straw mat and eat a rice cake. That's called being drunk in America. (laughs) (laughs) Called being white girl wasted. White girl wasted in America. I just really want a taco. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's a good idea. (laughs) It'll be fine. (laughs) And in other places, they would put offerings of food into the toilet for the toilet gods. Mm. Uh, But yeah, on the opposite end, the toilet demon, Kappa. He would climb into your asshole. And eat your soul. Imagine being a plumber in Japan. Have <laughs> go. Yeah, you're pulling like you're pulling all this stuff out of somebody's toilet because it's clogged, and you're like, "What the hell? Oh, it was an offering." Yep. All right, yeah, we got an offering. Yep, yep. Oh, it's like, oh, it's that freaking kappa. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that you probably made the leap because we were talking so much about demons. Somewhere in there, yeah. and then gods might have came in. You probably like demons. Uh, I mean, that's like they even believe. It. Like I right. could see that Jesus. going that way. Kappa, eating buttholes. Uh, Jesus, uh, you know what? Well, I'm gonna have to re-listen to that whole episode. Ripping souls out of your butthole. I always right. had a fear going when we went camping and using the outhouses. Something that could reach up and yeah, yeah. 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 Kappas are known to hang out in outhouses. See it. It must have been a thing when I was a kid because I was kind of like really dreadful. I would hold on as long as I could. This explains why you have no soul. Oh, uh, right. Also, <laughs> see? You want to know something cool about the Kappa? Maybe. You guys know Camino? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> they have like the shell thing on their back that has water in it. And like they're... a Ninja Turtle? Yes. Power pack. So it almost sounds like a Pokemon or something. So. Another thing, you know, even though they're known to, like, eat your butthole and steal your soul, <laughs> they're also extremely um, courteous. So if you bow to the kappa, the kappa will bow back to you. Now, this this thing on the back of their shell with the water on it, that's the source of all their power. So when they bow, it's going to make the water come out, and it will, it will incapacitate or possibly kill the kappa. Now, what you could really do if you want to get advanced with this... If you fill the thing back up for him and save him, the Kappa will be your servant for life. Oh, like a house elf. Yeah. Like a what? House elf. Just don't give him a sock. Mm-hmm. Is that like taking the thorn out of the paw of the... It's a Harry Potter reference. Oh, sorry. That's how you set a house elf free. You give it a sock. Oh. Yeah. That's so you could deal. have you could have a Kappa as your, as your, like, as your house elf. Yeah. yeah, you just gotta refill its weird neck water shell mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> its growth on its back. Is there like a t- like a pump that you like a special cap of hose? Kind of just sounds like a bucket, from oh. what I heard. So just do a refill, or yeah, just get the, the hose refilling just... stations. Yeah. Wow. Good to know. We're doing that and offering shit up to toilets and 
That's craziness. Parabible. It's like taking a shit on a porta potty. <laughs> so, um, Jeff, what was your second one that you looked at? Well, we kind of did the same one. Okay. We did the numbers. Oh, yes. All right. So we have numbers. What was your third one, Rob? My third one I already did is all the places. Okay. So we only have numbers left. Mm-hmm. Numbers. Number stations? Number stations. Isn't that where we went with the uh, ice cream truck? Conspiracy theories. Let me read the... Uh, it was a conspiracy theory episode. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of got overtaken by the crazy... Five, nine, four, mm-hmm. three, Oh, I should get that eight, to play. Seven. The ones six. that played music were the creepiest. Oh, yeah. We should ask some of our old-time vets if they know anything about this stuff. The number stations? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I had to find this one through Podbean because when I looked for it through iTunes, we didn't start posting then. Ah. We were off the radar. We were. Now you can find us at So Rob creeps everybody out, including himself, with number stations while Jeff makes the babblers paranoid about looking up to the skies with chemtrails. So that was the whole episode, was those two things, because we spent so much time talking about the number stations. So number stations, for people that don't know. I'll play one. You got to hit the right number on your phone. I remember they're listening. Leave this. Is this it? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. It's been so long. Sweden. Turkey in the straws? Because you're going to hear it in, a, in after the second go-round, I think, is when... Mm-hmm. 
So I'm assuming those were numbers that were just in Swedish. Yep. So yes. there was a bunch of examples in the episode. Um, there's the one that's the Looney Tunes. Oh, the Yosemite Sam one? Yep. Yeah, I saw mm-hmm. that in here. That one um, was pretty interesting. There's the one, that Swedish girl that gives a series of numbers. Um, there's a couple other ones that are in the episode too, but basically they're just shortwave radio transmissions that are illegal and no one admits that they actually exist. Right. And they were used for wartime, right? Right. They started around World War I, uh, but they're even continuing today. Yes, that is correct. I actually found a whole website that all they do is listen to all the shortwave radio frequencies and they document every single time one happens. And if you go to the website, they'll actually show you, like, this is how long until this next one is supposed to transmit. Really? It's crazy. Yeah. So the website, if anybody wants it, it's PRIYOM.org. It's a group out of... Some European country, I don't remember offhand which one it is now, but um, their whole mission is to use technology now to document these number stations. So the original episode creeped me out, like, real bad. It's kind of a dark episode. Mm -hmm. I remember, like, seriously being a little spooked after that episode Mm -hmm. because it was just so different than what I had ever heard before. And to know that like those could be codes to go and assassinate somebody or Right. What the what what world uh what am I say? World actions need to be taken mm-hmm. without people really knowing. Um that yeah, but that episode was kinda dark and creepy. Um because like you said, you never heard something like that before. It was more about uh you know, just what could really be going on and hiding right in front of us if people were not every not everybody's gonna know about this stuff but the people who do know about it might not know what they found or what's going on in that sense but there are definitely things that we don't see or hear that go on every day and that was kind of like the the big realm of that picture is that it's a conspiracy is it a conspiracy we don't know what it is or is it a throw off to keep other people going the other way so the most recent things that i saw besides this website was the whole thing about um uvb-76 so that is actually what like the station was that's what they called it mm-hmm. and it started in the 1970s um but it's still transmitting today the earliest recording that they have of it is from 1982 and they used to call it the buzzer because it would just be like a transmission of this buzz sound, and then all of a sudden, somebody in Russian would come over, come it. on, and and talk and say random things that didn't make any sense. But the whole thing with these number stations is they think that whoever has these transmissions, like there's a code book for what's being said, and you would only know what's being said by being able to use the code book. So it might not make sense, and it might sound like gibberish, but there's but definitely a pattern to there's it. There's something to it. So. I did think that there was an interesting connection between 4chan and this UVB76. Um, so 4chan actually started a forum for this specific radio wave signal. And they post all kinds of stuff about you know, when transmissions are happening mm-hmm. and they post the transmissions. And it's kind of got like this cult following. 
And they do think that at this point, whoever originally started it is not even still doing this UVB yeah, seventy six. It's somebody else just perpetuating. It could have been right. It could have been carried on. Right, but you know, of course, it would be on four chan, right? Because you know, four chan, eight chan, QAnon, QAnon, conspiracy theory, shortwave radios. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> do we know where some of these locations are? Where this is happening? So the only thing I saw is that it just said that most of them come from Europe, but I don't think they can really isolate them because it's not your typical, it's not like your typical broadcasting situation. So it's, it's not shortwave, a re- like ham radio. So it could be coming to someone's house or basement? Mm-hmm. Like they're not registered. Okay. So it's just basically pirating and just throwing it out there. Yes. And we have no real conclusion to what it is other than we're just guessing mm-hmm. that these messages or some underground network, probably, you know, they probably could have updated that using the number system, whoever's involved in this, what it meant back in, you know, wartime versus what it would mean now. You know, they could have reinvented a whole code. I don't know. I, I thought it was an interesting episode myself. Um who gave us that? Your dad? No. No, Rob found that. You Just found like that randomly out? looking up conspiracy theories. Yep. Because we didn't even know about it until you brought it for that episode. I started playing them for you. And we were like, what the heck is that? God, that's creepy. Because that's the thing. I mean, it's mostly like they use kids' voices, mm-hmm. which is weird. Creepy. You know, creepy. Or cartoon characters. Also creepy. Yeah, it's just not... You, you can't pinpoint any one type of voice. Yeah, like, it's very strange. But, I mean, you know, I guess if you're trying to throw disguise or throw, you know, somebody off your track, you're not going to do something that's so obvious. Or would you? Mm. Sometimes hiding in plain sight is the best answer. But we actually had a really good conversation about this during the episode. Um, one of the theories was that the little girl especially was probably just counting the inventory on the ice cream truck. <laughs> and somebody recorded it. Yep. Seven ice cream bars. <laughs> Seven shortcakes. <laughs> so I'm thinking the ice cream bars mean something. Torpedoes, bombs, you know. Well, anything is possible. We still don't know. Somebody knows. Somebody knows. They're going to know. It's a good question to, to ask. Like, yeah, like I said, maybe some war vets have a better idea or a speculation to really what they were trying to tap into or get around because, you know, back then we didn't have today's technology where we could zip, zip, zip. But even today's technology is not that safe. It's probably better off going to that type yep. of technology than trying to go over the Internet encrypted because... Don't forget it. Don't forget it or... Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, Track you down. You, 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 well, yeah, you're not walking around with a with an encrypted letter in your hand. You know, you're not the target of people right. trying to kill you and find you because you have some kind of classified information. There's some Tom Cruise shit right there. <laughs> well, uh, Scientology. That's a whole other episode. Oh, did we ever do an episode on Scientology? We did cults. I think we, we tried, cults. but we tapped into it a little bit. We all started getting those weird phone calls. Yeah. When yeah. We were doing the we research. Leah Remini told us, like, it's probably not worth it. Right. She's done well, though. So, <laughs> in, in 99 episodes, 
We talked about and babbled about a lot of stuff. Not enough about Leah Remini. We could talk about her a little more maybe in the episode. Episode um, 101. Yeah. No, we have. It, it, you know what? This, the titles of the shows are one thing, and but what the content is, I'd say a good half maybe is something else. So you really, but we always come back around to it. So, so there's like little hidden gems in there of stuff where we just go off on. People hate that too. Tangents. Well, you know, not not everybody. No. EDH people are fine. Yeah, they can follow that mess. Yeah, millennials and uh, Gen Zers like it. Yeah. Anyone older, they have a hard time. It's, uh, it's like no. you know. But I do think that you know, I mean, I feel pretty lucky that I get to do the show with you guys. Uh-huh. And that, you know, when we look back at the vast history of what we're putting out there, I mean, those episodes are always going to be there. They're never going to go away. We are kind of leaving our mark on things. But we've always said from the beginning of this that we do the show because we want to, not because we want people to like it. We hope that they do. Right. But we're not doing it for that reason. We do it because we like it and we like hanging out together and we like talking about weird stuff together. And that's, so. and that's how it should be. I mean, you know, if we were if we were to do this for money and try to get like picked up and stuff, then we we would do it differently. You know, we do it with sponsors or we pick it up and you know, this is just our time and our days just with an idea, let's talk about these topics and we're just going to put them out the way we want to. And I think what you get from this show is like the realness of it. You know, it's not scripted. We sit here and we talk about things in the way we would, whether, you know, the microphones were on or not. Exactly. So you're getting a window into sitting at a table with us, having a cup of coffee, having a beer and talking about these things Mm -hmm. just in this way. And what direction they can go into. You know, we, we don't have to stick to that format. We can go down the rabbit hole in the middle of a, the episode right. about that. Was where a lot of these mm-hmm. shows they stick. All right, well, well, we'll do that for a different episode. Yeah, there's nah, so many can... episodes that we started and literally changed the topic mid episode or at the beginning of the episode. Or... But I like right, that like we right when do we that. got in here. I mean, we'd yeah. sit down and be like, okay, we're gonna do. Uh, all right, so then we open up with our normal rant of whatever, and then we're just gone. We're going with it, and that's sometimes that's. The better shows, I think, because it's just it's us free flowing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like, you know, after all the research that we've done, we have a pretty good knowledge of a lot of this kind of stuff, but there's always room to learn more. And I'm, I, I'm excited to do another 100 episodes. Wow, did Let's I just get tired? It. What? Oh, yes. No, that, <laughs> I'd love it. Another 102. That's awesome. No, this has been a ride. You know, thinking about it, it's like 100 episodes. Yeah, there's people out there who got 500, 400, but thousands. in thousands. In your own little world that we work in, 100 episodes is a lot. I mean, a lot of people, you know, people just fall off the map at like 12. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's is... usually about when they're like, okay, that's it. Yeah, and you got to figure we all have families, different directions that we do, and we just have to, we're doing this for fun. It's not like someone's paying us. A sponsor or an ad saying, "All right, you got to be here. We got to have this." It's like, "Oh my God, no!" When we can, we do it, and we try to stay somewhat consistent. But you know, mm-hmm. there's always obstacles. But I think yeah. you know when we have those kind of off the cuff kind of conversations, that's how you get to know us too, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we're very open about how we think and feel about things, and it's not just here's the research. I'm spitting it back out. Right. You know, I'm a human. Anyone, Wikipedia. anyone can look that up. Right. 
you know, I'm always curious to see what you guys are going to think and what you guys are going to say about a topic. Because inevitably, we all come back with different viewpoints. Yeah. You know, it's very mm-hmm. rare that we sit down and we have the exact same information. So I think that's what makes it fun. Oh, absolutely. And wanting to keep doing it. Because, you know, it's like, how are we going to look at that next? You know, when I look across the table and I'm talking about something and Rob's got like this blank stare at me, I'm like, uh... <laughs> Stop talking about Jesus, John. I'm talking about Japanese bathroom demons. Right I, I suddenly get constipated, and it's just like, oh my god, what do I say next? He's Episode looking at me. One hundred and one. <laughs> what is Jesus a zombie? <laughs> but but this works because we're all friends, and we've been in this long enough to understand each other that a point is a point, and this is who we are. So yeah, we don't always agree. <clears throat> no, I mean we walk away going, hmm, eh. or we or we just talk it out. I mean, a lot of times we just talk about it Or there's a bunch of text messages that go out the day after we record about something that came up as an afterthought or, you know, those kinds of things happening. That was, that was a lot in the beginning. Yeah. We did a lot of that. Oh, what about, and now we've gotten, uh, you know, I would say a little bit better at understanding the feel of the show. So, so anyone out there can really put a podcast together if you got the right mix and you don't give a shit. Yeah, yeah. It's not that but you give a shit, but I mean, and you do put the knowledge and the, the, the paperwork in and the time to whatever the subject matter is. But in the end, what makes it stand out or might make it a little different than everything else is, it's just totally our opinions. I mean, you can not like them and not listen, which that happens all the time, or you can, you know, listen and just go with the with the weirdness. That's why we're called Parababble, mm. where we babble on.